After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Deuce and more, deuce and more, deuce and more, they tell you what they know, deuce and more, deuce and more, deuce and more. Hey, welcome into the Juice and Mo podcast. We're starting this podcast late. This Kings game tonight lasted two hours and 59 minutes. It took big shots. It took some adversity. And at the end of it, we can all take a good breath in because the Kings survived an absolute battle with an Orlando Magic team that was shorthanded tonight. Franz Wagner left early in the first quarter with an injury. They lost Gary Harris, and they had no Cole Anthony, but they did not go away. Paulo Bancaro showed why he's one of the best young players in the game. Jalen Suggs played like a dog, but Malik Monk was there. And man, did he play at a high level, especially after what went down last night against Charlotte and the Kings survive. They beat Orlando in double overtime tonight in Sacramento, 138 to 135. They are now 20 and 13 on the season. I'm Juice Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. Each and every one of our podcasts presented by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors. Check out NorthwestExteriors.com. Woo! A two-hour, 59-minute basketball game with emotions galore, some calls that left you scratching your head, some moments that were just so frustrating mm. with the Sacramento Kings, but the end result was a nice one, Morgan Reagan. The end result, if I didn't get that end result, I probably, I don't even know if I'd be here right now. I don't even know if I would have done the post-game show. I just would have walked out. You're just I'm done. And just like couldn't even handle it. One of my best friends, Janelle, was at the game and she was texting me and she's like, this is so great. Like bonus basketball, obviously doesn't know basketball well, but it was just like, she's one of the most positive people in the world. And she had that positivity while I was throwing at her. Yeah. I don't know if this bonus basketball is going to be good for the Kings. Oh, I was man. just worried. I was worried. I, I don't, I don't, tr- not only do I not trust this Kings team right now with like consistency and um, we've seen some sloppiness, all these things, but on top of all that, the Orlando Magic were so tough tonight and 
the effort that they put forth on every single night, but like seeing it against a team that I cover and I root for, I was just like, holy shit, this team is different. Um, and so for the Kings to battle it out and find a way to get this win, it does feel really good. Orlando, I mean, the way they got back in the game, mm. remember they're down big in this game. Kings led by 16 points. Orlando had like a 15-0 run going, and then they're taking control of the game. You're like, is this happening? Late game execution again for Sacramento against a shorthanded team. They're going to lose back-to-back games on the home floor. It looked like it was going to be painful, but man, the Kings just did not go away at all tonight. And on a night where your best player, De'Aaron Fox, had his worst night of the season. Yes, yep, worst night of the season. Fox was... At the end of it, 6 of 22, 0 for 5 from 3. He had 15 points. He had 7 assists. He had 4 rebounds. He looked exhausted. He just looked like he had an off night. And then you couple that with Jalen Suggs, who to me is one of the best on-ball defenders. He plays physical. He's got good size. He was relentless tonight. And he was dealing with Fox all night long to make his life challenging. So on a night where Fox goes 6 of 22, has 15 points, you find a way to win. You take it. I don't care. I don't care. You're agreed. There's 82 games in a season. There's going to be nights where you have to fight. You got to scratch. You got to claw to win. It doesn't make sense. And there's a lot about tonight's game that did not make sense. De'Aaron Fox struggling this bad was one of those things that did not make sense. It didn't make sense. And it was, uh, but you know, usually you'd be like super frustrated with that. Like, man, he didn't have a good night. One of his first real big off nights of the season. And with that, and how many games in are we? Don't make me do the math. I mean, it's 33 now, Thank but you. he's played like 27, 28. In, in that too, yeah. right. So he's played about that many games, and he's finally having like that dud game. Okay, great. It was nice to see the rest of the team step up around him. Because how many times has that been a concern for us this season? We're like... Well, Fox had to get 43 for this team to get the win tonight. Like, that can't happen every single night. I love the way that everyone rallied. And the guy that I think rallied most, Malik Monk. Yeah. Malik Monk (laughs) last night played five minutes in the first half. For those who skipped last night's podcast because you're casual, only listen when they win. My point was, you don't bench one of your best players for messing up on the court. Malik Monk is one of the best Kings players. For him to only play five minutes in the first half last night when that Kings team was struggling, that was not cool. Then he goes back in in that third quarter against Charlotte, hits a couple of threes, jaws at Mike Brown, the coaching staff. Then they talk again. It seemed fine. They try to squash it. Well, tonight, Malik Monk said, I'm coming out and I am going to be relentless. You're not taking me out. And not only did he play more than five minutes in the first half tonight, he played 19 consecutive minutes In the first half of this game, Malik Monk had 15 points. He had four assists in 19 consecutive minutes. He came in in the first quarter and did not leave until that final buzzer at halftime. I think Mike Brown is um, all about extreme sometimes because it's like it it always felt like an extreme like, oh, Malik Monk can't play 30 minutes like let's make sure it's 29 30 28 minutes whatever and then he's like oh okay okay you want to play more minutes here's 19 straight here's however many minutes he ended up playing like he said 37 minutes and it's just like 
He did it, though. He showed up in all the minutes that he played in. He played some great basketball, and he carried this team to a victory. He was the guy they trusted tonight. 37 points. He had nine assists tonight, 12 of 20 shooting. He was 7 of 13 from three, 6 of 8 at the free throw line. He played 46 minutes. And a huge credit to Mike Brown because we were both really critical of that decision last night. Yes. Tonight, you know what he said after the game about that? What? He said, I didn't do a good job of coaching him last night. He said, Mike Brown, this is from James Ham. He said that his mistake was to not pull Monk aside and coach him instead of just sitting him in the first half. They had a discussion today in the coach's office and apologies were made on both sides. Oh, that's my God. This team. Thank you for clapping. That's that's what you need to do. And, you know, you want respect as a coach. Those are the things you have to hey own up to your shit. Like if Mm -hmm. you want the players to own up. And you want to hold them accountable. You have to hold yourself accountable. And last night, Mike Brown messed up, right? So what did he do? He not only talked to Malik Monk about it, but then he goes to the media and said, I didn't do a good job coaching him last night. Big time credit to to Mike Brown for coming out and saying that. Tonight. Publicly, behind the scenes, yeah. all of the things. Um, it's just incredible how this team does take on that accountability, but it does start at the top. And we always talk about that and Mike Brown being able to do that. And the thing is about this too, it never feels like it's for show it because it's not, it's truly just, he's communicating not only like we just said behind the scenes, but he is letting everyone else know. And by letting everyone else know, it just allows us to have another level of understanding of who these people are, what type of team they are and and why even in a night like this when we're like man you look at the way they had to battle this one out just to get the win there's still so many other elements to this that had to lead to this type of win i also thought the kings did a great job of going you know what monk is the guy going right now not only is he scoring for us he's pretty much unguardable they're having trouble defending him they're no matter what they do, he's hitting transition threes. He's hitting big threes. He's in the pick and roll game with Sabonis creating out of that. They didn't just go, all right, well, we have to force feed Fox because he's the best guy. Fox made some big shots late in this game that were crucial in the double overtime period. Credit to him for sticking it out even on a night where he didn't have it. Malik Monk did have it, and they let do it. Go ahead. There were times you... De'Aaron Fox, you're like, oh, is he out there? He looked gassed out there. Yeah. I don't know. He just didn't look like he had it tonight. And so for Malik Monk to step up like he did tonight and the Kings get a bad game from Fox and still win, yes, there's a lot of things that went their way with Orlando being banged up. I just admire the fact that they just find a way to win. These are the games you have to just grind out and find a way. We we talked to Trey Lyles after the game on the post game as well, and he was saying, um, you know, just after a loss like last night, they had to have some real discussions and they, you know, all buy into these discussions and holding one another accountable and changing the mentality. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty impressive when you have a group of men that are willing to do that. I think they're, yeah, I'm not going to men shame, but I think there's a lot of like people out there that, don't take accountability just as individuals. But when you put together a group, you're not expecting everyone to have that same type of mindset. You have a group that all want the same thing. So they all buy in and just really reflect and shift their mindset. It's incredible. 
Malik Monk was just absolutely incredible. And I left going, why don't you just start him at this point? And the reason, I, it's it's simple. He's one of your best players. And I just think you, you start one of your best guys, especially right now where you start Chris Duarte tonight. He picked up two quick fouls. That's why Monk had to come in a little earlier than maybe anticipated. Duarte played 10 minutes and 24 seconds of this game. Kevin Herter played just under 18 minutes of this game. Monk's the best guy right now. So at this point, I I am curious to see if he doesn't start. Okay, fine. You know what? I I guess I get it. You want to keep him coming off the bench. This is the rule you want. His minutes have to go up. They have to. They they can't be 25 a night. And I know it's trending up. He played 46 tonight. Malik Monk needs to be pushing 30 minutes tonight. Yeah. Well, yes. One, yes. Two, you asked this question. I asked this question to Matt Barnes and Chelsea Gray on the postgame show. And I was like, all right, this performance, why why aren't we just going to Malik Monk when we're talking about that um, next shooting guard uh, starter? Yep. And they were like, nope. Nope. Right away. Nope. And they talked about the importance of not only having someone that special coming off the bench and leading that second unit with his playmaking, with his energy, with his shot making ability, all the things. But it was, it was interesting too. Cause Matt started talking about like, yeah, there's guys that just have so much pride for this game and they wear that badge of honor and they think starting is that badge of honor, but you can, truly create that badge of honor being in that role as well. And it doesn't matter if you're starting the game. It matters if you're finishing the game and you are seeing exactly who is finishing games. But on top of that, I'm with you. You got, you, you have to see more minutes out of this guy. If he's not going to be starting, then play him longer. And I know it was during training camp this year. Malik Monk was talking about how it it took Mike a while to trust me. And I think I'm starting to earn his trust, something to that effect. I mean, this 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 year, he's had to have earned your trust. But a game like this, close game, you're trying to find a way to win it. Malik Monk, Sabonis, Keegan, a lot of guys stepped up tonight. They willed this victory. They, they, they had to give everything they had in the tank. Both overtime sessions, they get down. And there was a couple times you're going, well, Suggs just hit a, a three falling out of bounds. And it's a three-point game. They just missed a shot. This is probably insane. over. And then here you go. It's Malik Monk hitting a big three because Harrison Barnes was attacking, got into the paint, and threw an incredible pass to the corner, Mm. and Monk buried the shot. There's just so many big plays tonight from others that I I really, really admire this team effort. I don't care if the other team was shorthanded. Yeah, I I mean, and you just mentioned even Harrison Barnes, someone that takes shit game after game after game. And it's like... Yeah, he was good tonight. And it was in a game where this team needed it most. Needed his whatever whatever he was going to add, they needed him to add. And tonight, not only did he add with just being able to be out there and to really control the game, he contributed on the offensive end with 17 points, um, three rebounds, one assist, but in 36 minutes. And it's because he was trusted out there. And there's times where I'm like, he's a defensive liability. And then there's other times I'm like, his strength is needed tonight. And you saw that a little bit more tonight. So many good things from this game and a lot went wrong too throughout this game. But one of the things that we were talking about headed into the game, Morgan, was 
Orlando's ability to attack the paint. They're second in the NBA in points in the paint, 56 a game, just under 56, 55.9. And Franz Wagner is one of the best at attacking the, the basket. He gets a ton of points in the paint. Well, he left this game early in the first quarter with the injury. But you look at the end of the game and you go, wait, Orlando, who scores 56 points a night in the paint, was held to 24 points in the paint. Hmm. Then Orlando, who is one of the league's worst three-point shooting teams, they're 29th in the NBA in three-point shooting at 33.4%. They hit a franchise record 25 of 44, 56.8%. A franchise record 25 threes for the Magic tonight. The Kings game plan was pretty clear. They're like, we're going to cut off the paint. And they sure did. And they were going to live with the results. What did you think about the decision, the scheme of going, hey, we're just going to protect the paint and we're going to live with that. We're going to make sure to try to contest it. They're going to get some looks, but we're going to trust the numbers. I felt like they didn't adjust ever. I was going to say they didn't adjust quick enough. I don't feel like they really adjusted. I felt like they kept packing the paint, which the game plan, they executed. They executed the game plan that they went in with, but they were trying to live with one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league and banking on them not making those threes. And instead, this team shot almost 57% from three-point land, making 25 effing threes. And on top of that, you had two of your starters each make six three-pointers. Bancaro, six of nine. The efficiency from these guys, when it just felt like dagger after dagger after dagger, it was just absolutely an incredible three-point shooting performance from this Magic team. Um, But I don't even know what you do in a situation like that. Like, do you adjust your entire game plan and then do they make adjustments well, where they go, F you, I'm just attacking? The Kings have been so bad this year protecting the paint, right? Yes. They've gotten carved up in the paint. So you understand the game plan. And I, I get the thought process of, yeah, we'll live with the results. It doesn't mean you want to give up open threes. The open threes, they, they hurt. But what you want to do is pack the paint, right? Prevent anything easy and prevent some tough passes. Make them make the extra passes, and all of a sudden they're working late in the shot clock. But tonight, their guy stepped up. I mean, Suggs had that stretch where he had a 9-0 run by himself. He's hitting big-time threes. And some of it, well, they were breakdowns, and they were open. I don't like the open ones. Like, I need a contest. I need a contest, and that's a, that's what's the challenge when you're having so much... Your, your mindset is about controlling the paint so much that you're trying to recover, mm. and guys are helping, and all of a sudden, guys have to run out takes a lot of energy and then if these guys these are nba players start getting some confidence and seeing them go in well then you're in trouble and suggs felt he was feeling it tonight right ban carroll was feeling it tonight okk comes in and he gets red hot from three he hits like four in a row he had like a 12 0 run by himself at one point four or five for him dude it was insane it was yeah the efficiency from beyond the arc was um was pretty insane. And I, I, I was I was to a point where I was like, well, it's not gonna be like this in the second half, right? Like there's no way. And it wasn't even I wasn't even thinking more, oh, the Kings will make these defensive adjustments. Like you just think about it as players. Um 
that happens, right? Like you, you get out of rhythm, you're feeling good. Okay. It's just a different type of game. It never was a different type of game for them all the way through the double overtimes for these guys. The magic were just shooting incredible. And I'm with you where it was just more like at that point, where were some of the contests on these threes? Where was yeah. the pressure? I feel like they did a threes. better job later in this. Like once you got the over, like Jalen Suggs is hitting one fading out of I was, bounds. I was going right? to say there was Thank pressure Carol. on some of these yep. threes too. And that's why I'm not acting like they were all wide open, but it just, it did feel like the wide open ones allowed them to find their rhythm and get into it. And yeah, um, it could have been, the theme of the game and what we were talking about in a loss. But instead, like we keep mentioning, the Kings, they wanted this one more. The other thing, rebounding was great for Sacramento. They out-rebounded Orlando 58-39. Sacramento had 18 offensive rebounds to Orlando 7. Mm. Sacramento had 23 second chance points in this game. Wow. I mean, it was just uh, the effort, the fight. It was, it was all there. It was just, but from both teams, like I hurt just watching these guys go at it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like my body hurts right now. And I wasn't even playing in that game. I can't imagine how both these teams, both playing on their second night of a back-to-back in a double overtime game where it was like one of the most physical games I have seen all season long. Traveling queen. Okay. This guy was just signed by Orlando to a two-way contract on December 27th. Orlando is faced with a situation where they're playing him tonight for 38 minutes. 38 minutes! The guy just got to Orlando like, hey, we need you tonight. We're, we're shorthanded. We're, we just lost two guys tonight. And then, you know, tonight. and then no Cole Anthony, Joe mm-hmm. Ingles out, Isaac's been out. Like some guys have just been kind of nicked up a little bit for them but god did they just battle i mean caleb houston knocking down some shots tonight but you know what's funny it never oh felt god. like it dropped off with the magic it, it always felt pretty consistent down the line with whoever they were going with like this is our game plan and this is our identity as a team this is how we play and if you're not going to play this way you can sit and i thought that they just kept going at the Sacramento Kings. I feel like that's something that they've done to a lot of teams in the league this year. And we saw as of late, they started losing some games. They were playing Boston. They were playing Milwaukee. They were playing the Suns. Just some of the the better teams in the league. And you could see some of their youth. Against the Sacramento Kings, it was like, okay, this is a good matchup. And I was really worried about the length and what was going to happen to this King squad. The Kings got lucky that a few of their guys yeah, went Va- down. Wagner going down swung it yep. for sure. And then I uh, Bancaro, uh, I mean, what a night. Career high 43 points for him on 13 of 25 shooting. 6 of 9 from 3, 11 for 14 from the free throw line. The guy's just huge. I'm standing on the court before the game going, is this guy for real? Yeah. Like, moves well. Can hit the three. He's improved his three-point shooting after a slow start this year. He could stop. I mean, he can attack, stop, pop, attack the rim. I mean, he does a lot of great things out there for Orlando. And he was a problem. I mean, the Kings had to eventually blitz him. Yeah. And that was their best bet. It was like, well, we'll blitz and try to recover because this guy 
is literally looking like a superstar out there. What about that one defensive possession? I don't even know if it was in an overtime. I yeah. believe it was. And it was Domas opponents got switched on him. And the shot clock was winding down. And he's moving laterally with him. And shot clock buzzer goes off. And Sabonis just pounds his chest. And it's like, yeah. And in that moment, I truly was like so impressed with the way that Domas moved from side to side. He wanted it so bad, and he did it. He did exactly what he needed to do. I just, and we talk about someone like Paolo Bencaro, who had a career high night of 43 points and was making every shot, even with his eyes closed. And there were some of those big defensive moments from the Kings. Trey Lyles had some big. Dude. How many charges did he take tonight? A couple. A couple, but that one of the last ones was his biggest one of the game. It was, can we talk about this? JTA going in and playing under a minute in this game. And Mike Brown just going, I trust you. And Matt Barnes said this. He goes, he didn't play for four hours. And then he's like, hey, get your ass up. You're ready to go. I'm going to be honest. I was watching that when I saw him put JTA same, in and same. went, hey, Juan Toscano Anderson, go check Bancaro on this play. I thought he was insane. I, I, I mean, I, I'm just like, this and, guy is red hot. And you're going to a guy who has not sniffed the floor tonight. Like, he, he might have, you didn't think he was playing tonight? And it's, it's I know it's be like ready, stay ready at all times, I get it, but, but like, no, I'm with you. And the help was there. Well, and that's where Trey Lyles stepped up yeah. and he took that charge. He sacrificed his body. But JTA, he went by Juan Toscano Anderson. That's, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's what I was just like, what are we doing? Oh, Trey Lyle saved the day on that defensive play right there. Thank God. Um, yeah, so some interesting things that happen late, whether it's in regulation or in overtime, and then some of those calls. Again, Mike Brown uh, challenging that Keegan out of bounds way too early in that game. And then... That was in the third quarter, 739, and Jay Triano popped up immediately and was like, challenge it, challenge it, and it was unsuccessful. So they lost their challenge, which ended up being like a huge issue because of what happened at the end of overtime. Yeah. Right, Bancaro on the drive. Juan Toscano Anderson does a great job to poke the ball away. It looked like it was clearly off of Bancaro. The officials ruled it Sacramento ball. Then there was a small delay. And what happened? Oh, you know what? We talked about it. We conferred. It's going to stay Orlando Magic ball. It's 127-125 at that point. The inbound happens. Bancaro scores. Tie game. We end up going to overtime. And everyone's going, why couldn't the officials look at it? Why didn't they go look at it? They should have reviewed it. Well, the NBA changed that rule, I believe, a couple of years back, where under two minutes in a game, the officials are not going to review an out-of-bounds play. The only way they can review it is if there is a challenge by a team. And Sacramento did not have a challenge, so the officials couldn't review it. Such a screwed up situation, especially it's like, wait, wait, we can review so many things. We can go back. We have replay. And that was so clear and conclusive just yeah. off of Ben Caro's fingers. And you even say like JTA tipped away. I think it just truly I thought, slipped. I thought he hit it. And then it went off of Bancaro's fingertips. I think it slipped. I think it's okay. like, I think he was, have to see it again. I think he was picking it up because I watched it over and over because I was so pissed off. And I think he was picking it up and his momentum, he just lost it off of, like it was the, the perfect storm that then ended up being 
the ugliest storm. <laughs> Smooth. Thank you. I guess the question is, you know, do you think that we, we keep adding more challenges? This year, if you, you win your, cha- your first challenge, you get another one to use later. Do you think that coaches should just have a challenge to use in overtime for these moments? Like under two, what if you got an extra challenge in under two minutes of overtime? I mean, obviously, because of that situation, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. duh. Also, as irritated as I was about it, and I was, because those calls just suck because you feel like they sway the game. I'm going, hey, well, guess what? If you made your free throws, oh, yeah. we wouldn't be talking about I this. I thought about Sabonis that, Sabonis missed a few late tonight. Monk, who's been a great free throw shooter, missed one. And I'm like, well, you can't put... Th- you can't put the game in the officials' hands because they're humans. They're making mistakes, just like you're making mistakes by going 21 of 31 for the free throw line tonight. Jeez. The Kings, by the way, we haven't mentioned this a lot. They are 30th in the NBA in free throw percentage at like 73%. 21 of 31 tonight, 67%. So it probably dipped a little bit. Last year, they were 78% from the free throw line. Yeah. I'm not saying that's great, but it's sure the hell not 30th. Yeah. Dead last in the league. I don't, I don't get how that happens like it it feels like it's um one of those things where it's just no matter what it's in the back of their head even if they're like we cool we know how to shoot the ball this is a free throw duh and for some reason it just always feels like there's a little something extra back there just giving them a little bit of doubt it's crazy looking back uh, on a double overtime game because I'm going through my notes to see what I <laughs> miss and the emotions I felt during certain <laughs> moments of this game, okay? But uh, it's 116-113 the fourth quarter. Remember okay. this, Morgan? Okay. 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 116-113. Kings are up with a minute 20 to go. Okay. And Bancaro fell asleep. He had Sabonis on him. He fell asleep and didn't notice the shot clock was winding down and just dribbled and shot clock violation. <laughs> That hurt. But then Keegan comes back down, misses a three way off. Um, that that was unbelievable. Then um, Fox, oh, wow. it's 116-115. The Kings go on the horn set. And it was interesting. Fox is bringing the, the ball up. And I see Sabonis say something to Fox. Like, I felt like he was trying to fire him up. Like, you got this. You got this. They go to horn set. Fox misses a great look. To All of a sudden, he's 4 of 17 at that moment. Then Bancaro comes down, hits a 3-118-116. Monk ties it on that drive to make it 118-118 with 10 seconds left. And then Suggs had a shot uh, when it was tied at 118. Um, And Fox had a great contest, and he missed that three. And then we went to overtime. But that sequence was just crazy. It's just the teams were scoring so fast. So fast. It was, I mean, you talk about even that Monk... uh, layup to tie it i was just i was losing my shit like some crazy ass finishes tonight, and he's done that a lot this year but man his attacking of the basket oh i had so much doubt in this game too which is like it's crazy because malik monk every time he had the ball though i felt very confident i felt um i'm sure i felt what his teammates felt it was like please do something Please figure it out. And so much of it, he did. I remember there was one time he was pushing it in the fast break and uh, he went to spin on whoever got in front of him. And I think it was Suggs that came up behind and ended up being able to poke it away. There was a few of those. And there's times where I was frustrated with it, but not like how it was against the Hornets. This was a a really good defensive team that 
was not going to give up on any defensive possession. Didn't matter if it was in transition. Didn't matter if it was in a half-court set. They were going to do something and disrupt. And, um, I, I mean, just so much credit to the Orlando Magic. And that's why it's so nice to be like, ugh, I give even more credit to the Sacramento Kings for pushing through and finding a way. God, they needed this so bad. That is like, it, that is just how I feel tonight. It's just like, thank, thank very thankful. It, <laughs> I'm just blown away by uh, Malik Monk's confidence at all times. At all times. This guy, man, it doesn't matter. He is, he's relentless and against a good, Orlando defense, he didn't care. He was going strong to the basket. He was putting pressure on the defense, making them react. And if he wasn't finishing, how about the dish he had on the attack to Sabonis, where Sabonis had the jam to give the Kings a lead again? Oh, you know, my like God. there's just so many big plays tonight from Malik Monk, where you're going, it's not just the shot making. I think so many times when we think of these awesome six six men that come off the bench and they ball out, they're just buckets, right? Malik Monk is just so much more than a bucket. Yep. It's yep. his ability to not just get his attack, set up his teammates, play with that spark and edge. I love it. His ability to create for oh. others. It's not even he's going, let me get in the paint so I can get you a, a good look from three. It's let me create something for you that is going to make you look good. That's going to make me look good. That's going to make us look good. And I think sometimes the way that he just slings that basketball when he gets in there and makes such a quick decision, it's, it is exactly what we've talked about with him. It's his confidence that is driving him. I would pay I don't have millions. I would pay millions for that type of confidence and to just like bottle up. If he, he should bottle it up and sell that confidence because my goodness, I think anyone in life, if you walked around with that type of confidence, you would be successful too. And that's why he needs to be playing 30 plus minutes. Yes. I, end of story. Yes. And, you know, okay, fine. Don't start him. If you, okay. If he's finishing games, whatever. I personally, at this point, with how the starting shooting guard spot's going, I'm going, why wouldn't you start him? You know, it w could make life easier for Fox. He doesn't have to work as hard all the time. It just opens up the offense. You could stagger the lineup. They don't have to play together all the time, but you play them together a little bit as it is. Why not? But at bare minimum, we, we can't be just playing Malik Monk 25 minutes nope. now. No. It's just... There's too much out there. And if, you, if you're viewing him as just a guy that comes in and he's just going to launch threes, no, I just think his, his game is so much more than that. He's matured so much. He's much more in control than he's ever been. And that's a guy that I want on the floor late in games. It's he's a difference maker. He's yeah. an absolute difference maker for the Kings. Yeah, and his effort alone on the defensive end too, just activity, uh, knowing how to play passing lanes. Um, it's it adds it adds on both ends. You know, it's it's not about being elite at one thing, but it's exactly what you said the maturity of his game just this last year under Mike Brown. And I just think it's super special when you do see. Uh, an honest relationship like theirs where they're able to, to, I don't know if you want to call it fight. I don't know if you want to call it debate. Yeah. It's, 
my I it's just it's interesting just really quick because sometimes my mom says to me is it's like you know you and I we definitely debate a lot she doesn't want to call it fighting like we'll debate a lot and I go yeah but that's because our relationship is strong and and we can we can bounce off each other like that and I think sometimes it's boring when you're surface level with people and um you don't you don't get to dig deep and I think when you dig deep there's just something more special that you can actually build off of that and I just I love the direction that these two are going I love the chat is popping right now um in the chat someone says I'd almost cry tonight let's go Kings I almost cried tonight that's cute I'd almost cry almost though it was one of those it was just a it was fun to see two teams go at it like this from both sides agreed because even from Orlando's standpoint you know They've been struggling because of some of these injuries, right? They, they've had a tough schedule coming into tonight. They had lost 8 of 11 games. They just played last night against the Warriors, lost a tough one. You're going, all right, well, we just lost Wagner. What's, what's that going to look like for us? You know, you could have just mailed it in. They kept playing. They kept going and going and going. Ben Carroll left the game at one point with a knee thing. Is he coming back in? He comes back in. And balled out for them. And then from the Kings' perspective, same thing. Second, I have a back-to-back. You know, the, the crowd sounded very frustrated when Orlando's going on that 15-0 run. Oh, my. The, the vibes in the building weren't good. They shifted. And I don't know what the vibes would have been like in the locker room had they lost that game in regulation. Yeah. But to fight back like that, I just... It's tip our cap to this both teams, huh? Tip yeah. your cap for oh, going I, I feel... I truly feel that way. I just... I was entertained on a... What night is this? Is this a Wednesday night? It's a Wednesday night. On a night. Wednesday almost night. Almost Thursday morning. Wow. Almost Thursday morning. Very entertained. I was frustrated. I felt all the emotions, all the things. Um, that was great. One of the other things I really wanted to bring up, you and I text about this for a hot second. Alex Lund. We didn't hear anything about him. Didn't see anything about him. Did not play. DMP. Wasn't sure why. Uh, Mike Brown put JaVel McGee in. For I eight love, minutes. I love, we have not even talked about Sabonis yet, Keegan yet. We're going right to Alex Lynn not playing. Yes. It just made me laugh. Correct. Um. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Okay. Because that way it just, it was very bizarre to me after. It, I, again, it's going back to the rotations and everything just if, being. If I'm Alex Lynn, I'm going, what? <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing exactly what you asked me to do. I'm going out there. I'm protecting the rim. I'm playing good basketball in my minutes. I'm playing controlled. I'm not making a ton of mistakes. I think he had a couple of turnovers maybe last night. I don't know the final number. Last night was awful. Okay, they played a bad basketball game against the Hornets. I want to play that guy. I mean, he's, he's a good player. I think you want him backing up Sabonis. You know what he can do. And I, yeah, I don't get why he didn't play tonight and they went with McGee instead. And Let, McGee played under eight minutes. Let's proceed with our starters. Sorry, I didn't mean to say I just thought it was funny that you were going. No, there. it's okay. <laughs> Putting me down. Oh. It's okay. Get back get back to the guys that were dropping like twenty eight points and, well. and getting triple doubles, I guess. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, 
tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I said last night, Demonis Sabonis had the the worst twenty three and nineteen game in league history last night. So mean. Tonight, twenty two points, <laughs> twenty three rebounds, twelve assists on eight of fourteen shooting. He did have six turnovers. Turnovers were still an issue tonight. Both teams had twenty one apiece. It was weird. Yeah. Um, Orlando's obviously uh, they're nasty defensively. Um, but Sabonis tonight was really, I just, he played so hard and I'm not saying so he, hard. he it, it looked a lot better tonight. I think one area that hurt them early on is him trying to put the ball on the floor sometimes is not always the best thing, especially against a team that's got a whole bunch of length. We talked about Mancaro, you talk about Suggs, hell the rookie, Anthony Black, who, I thought, man, play this guy some more minutes. Right away, he, he was knocking down some dude, shots. And he's super long, too. Um, Isabonis had some eh, turnovers, but he was awesome. Yeah, Sabonis, I, I know you, I want to go to you just t- talking about him putting the ball on the floor. I, I think sometimes I, I want him to try something else out. So I like it. I appreciate him doing it because he can be a threat. His game is... So versatile. He's capable of doing so much on the offensive end. I agree with it. But it's like once it's kind of not working, adjust, adjust. Whatever it is that you need to do, whether it's square up, make a quick decision, or it's start lower or be in that high post, wherever you are best in whatever team you're matching up against. And I think against this Orlando Magic team, like you said, with those long arms and everyone having the ability to just like um, be handsy and, and, and Play be the active. Lanes. Yes, it was yeah. just, it was just, it was a lot for him. But who are we kidding? You go to his 23 rebounds alone, this guy, the way that he was battling down low and fighting with others for those rebounds and finishing off defensive plays when, the Orlando Magic weren't knocking down their threes. It was just, 
it, his presence was felt. He was needed for those 45 minutes that he played in this one. And I just also love the way that he was um, finishing most of his shots. Uh, eight of 14 from the field. Yeah. A seventh triple-double of the season for Demonis Sabonis. And you know, he just... He was playing with an edge out there tonight. He was all fired up. He was trying to encourage Fox to keep his head in the game because Fox is going through it tonight. And I just thought defensively, he was just everywhere. There are many times he had to switch out into Bancaro and he didn't back down from the challenge. I mean, that's a really tough matchup for him to be out there because of Bancaro's ability to put the ball on the floor and get by him. But um, one time when Sabonis did come out, I think that's what Lyles took a charge on, on a Bancaro drive. He was in help. A di- so, wow, a different, a different time. time. Yeah. My God. So is it, and how great is that when you know that your teammates have your help? Like, okay, they see this, they recognize, they're going to pack the paint, they understand what Bancaro is capable of. Bancaro can also pass the ball. I mean, he's a playmaker as well, but um, just a great job having your teammates back. Yeah. Sabonis, incredible job. His 12 assists too tonight. He only had four, I think, last night with his 11 turnovers. It was just cleaned up. It was put together nice, especially, like you said, because De'Aaron Fox was having an off night. The next guy I want to talk about, and probably after Monk, the guy I was most excited about tonight was Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray tonight came out aggressive. Yeah, I hate I hated seeing Wagner go down. I know. But before he went down, mm. you talk about the confidence, the late shot clock, and it's the type of moves you want to see from Keegan Murray. Cross, cross. Cross, cross, boom. Take, took him to the rack. Wagner's not a small man. Wagner is strong, too. Mm-hmm. And Keegan took it to him. He had another play where, I don't, was that the play Harris got hurt? I Probably not, but I think Harris was on him, and he was physical, bumped him, cleared space, hit a jumper, Keegan wasn't just settling for threes. He was in attack mode tonight. He put the ball on the floor and had a jam. I think he had three dunks in this one. So Keegan had 28 points, and he only took six threes to do it. He was two of six. But also, shout out to the 12 rebounds. In his 12 rebounds, so being aggressive, getting in there and everything. But That's the Keegan we got to see every night. Can we also look at this? Zero free throw attempts. So like, no, 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 that's, yeah. but Deuce, that's not even bad. It's just, it's interesting how many times he's taking contact and, or just making a mid range shot. Like yeah. he shot well. And then on top of all that, zero fouls. So he was out there 46 minutes playing defense, um, not being overly aggressive and fouling guys. I mean, just a great job by Keegan Murray across the board tonight. Like you said, the 12 rebounds alone, you got to make sure everyone's crashing the boards and being aggressive. And I just love when you're seeing another guy besides Sabonis get in there. It was huge. He also had four offensive rebounds out of those 12. Yeah, just a great, it's uh, what a fun, fun performance from him and like you said it wasn't just all threes this is obviously do this every night 28 points 12 rebounds but it the the way he went about his game tonight with the attacking getting into the mid-range going to the rack having that type of balance scoring at all three levels and being decisive with your moves i think there's sometimes like keegan you're just like you just want to grab him and go hey let's go what do you like, you got to, like, punch him or something to get him going. No, no, no because 
that type of aggressiveness is what mm-hmm. you want out of him consistently. And yeah, you're going to have nights where you don't make shots. But if you're playing with that type of consistency yes. with your physicality yes. and you're attacking and putting the ball on the floor and being confident with your dribbles, like Franz Wagner is a competitor. He, he, he's going to make guys work there. He's tough. And for Keegan to have the confidence to show off his handles a little bit oh that God. he's been working on, I went, okay, those are the steps I need to see. He's still a young player who's barely into his sophomore year in the NBA. You've seen so many signs that it's going in the right direction for him. But before tonight, the last few games, you know, he's he was struggling. He, he There were too many times you felt like, you didn't notice him, and the, I, I uh, you offensively, and you can't have those moments. The on and off struggles or ups and downs or whatever you want to call it for Keegan, it's bizarre to me sometimes how it's amplified around this community. And I say that because I go, I feel like people forget that this is his second year, and that everyone's expectations. Well, isn't he the third guy? Isn't he already the third guy? Why isn't he the third guy already? And I was talking about that, I think, with Matt and Chelsea, too, not about Keegan, but just the patience factor and how we all want instant results. And as soon as we have a a definition for someone and how we think that they're going to be, we want it and we want it now. And I think with Keegan, when we see it, we go, oh, yeah, can, can he continue this? Yes, but I also think we, as people that watch his beautiful work on the court all the time, need to also understand, like, yeah, there's still going to be those ups and downs as he tries to make this a consistent thing for himself. And I think the point you brought up, and I know someone in the chat, Larry, might be bringing this up too, is... You know, from a defensive standpoint, he's taken such a leap this year, and he's being tasked with some pretty challenging matchups. And that he's exerting an amount of energy that he didn't really have to worry about last year because he, you know, he's getting targeted at times. But he wasn't. Mike Brown was a go, like saying, "Hey, I need to go guard this guard or this wing." Like, yeah, they did a good job protecting him a bit, and his game was more of a catch and shoot three guy for sure. Well, now it's like, hey, Keegan. We need you to play physical. We need you to attack the basket. We need you to take some tough defensive matchups. And, oh, can you still, like, knock down threes and everything? I think Thanks. it's it's taking him a bit to, like, get comfortable in that. And also, hey, 82-game season, you're going to have games where you, you you suck. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like De'Aaron Fox and I, 6-22, <laughs> De'Aaron was not good tonight. Like, he yeah. this was, and was like, what's going on with Fox? He, is is he coasting? I was like, no, I, you know what I think? He had a bad night, man. But, bad night at the office. I don't know what to tell you. Hey, I'm not mad at 0 for 5 because that number could have been a lot higher. Yes. Yeah, well, at the <laughs> first play of the game, they ran. I, he took it right to the basket. I'm like, ooh, this could be a nice De'Aaron night. He's going to get it going a little bit. But, yeah, um, he he was he could not get it going. He did hit a couple of big shots in overtime. I was going to say. double overtime. Yeah, there was, was. there was some nice moments, him in the mid-range, where I'm like, all right, he's feeling a little bit. But it was nice. Because he also felt like, well, I can depend on Malik Monk. I have other guys that are stepping up for me right now that I can depend on. Um, yeah, just a beautiful team effort. Um, I'm looking at this, these numbers that Warren just sent us. 
uh, on Twitter. And it's interesting talking about the threes tonight because Orlando's not a good three-point shooting team, right? Yeah. We know they're near the bottom of the NBA. He shared this. Wide open threes, teams against the Kings are shooting 39.5%. The NBA average on that is 38.9%. Okay, that's kind of the same. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, Open threes against the Kings, teams are shooting 35.65%. NBA average 34.8%. On tight threes, tightly contested threes, teams are shooting 34.1%. The NBA average is 30.23%. I go... it are like what is it? Are their arms not long enough? Well, or? that's they're not a long team. I know. Honestly. Yeah, and and so I don't know. I think some of the contest stuff is is tough at times. Um, I don't know. Like how? Old? I don't know. Yeah. What I, is I th- what is tight? I, I think sometimes the, the the looks that these players are getting from three, it's like they have like an hour to shoot it sometimes because the Kings are getting broken down on the perimeter. Tonight was a different story where, hey, they actually controlled the paint well. They just got destroyed from three. And those nights happen too. Like Orlando, it is insane to think about that this specific Magic team has a franchise record in threes. Wow. This specific team that's 29th and three-point shooting. Yep. And it's, I was actually at the... when. Oh, no. No, believe it. This is 2009. <laughs> believe it or not. Their franchise record... Was twenty three threes, okay? okay. Twenty three threes, I think. Yeah, and they tied it recent, like la- within the last couple of years. But the night they set their franchise record was against the Kings in two thousand nine. It was those really good Orlando teams with like Hedo. Did you read um, this? Dwight or- Howard. I'll never forget it because it felt like it, the Kings were awful, and I was like twenty three threes at the time. Oh, felt that's- like eight hundred threes. Yeah. <laughs> now you hear twenty three threes, like that's. I mean, that's a good night, but. It's not insane. We've seen teams do that before. But in 2009, a team hitting 23 threes? Wait. Absurd. Wait, was this really like a memory or did you like read that stat tonight? I remember. I didn't know what the exact number was. I just, I 100% remember. I barely remember the first quarter of this game. Like that feels like that was a long time ago. Now you want. I'm now. I'm going to go look back up. 2008, 2009 season. The Kings that year. What the fuck is your mind? Uh, <laughs> they won. Oh, this is when they won 17 games. My God, dude. Seven. The Kings won 17 games this year, and we got people complaining when they they're 20 and 13. <laughs> this <team> sucks. <laughs> right? We can show you sucks. Um, let's see here. I'm going to go back. So 2009, Orlando, Orlando, Orlando. All right. The final score was 139-107. The Kings, after loss, fell to 9-30. and 30. <laughs> Holy shit. Jeez. Uh, that night, Orlando, 23 of 37 from three. How? This is 2009, 2009. guys. Teams didn't do this. What? I just, I am stunned yeah. that you had that Jameer number. Nelson, five of five. Rashard Lewis, three of five. Hito, three of five. J.J. Redick, four of seven. Keith Bogans, four of six. And tonight, this Orlando Magic yep. team, near the bottom of the NBA, sets a franchise record, 25 of 44 from three. Wild. Wild memory from you, but wild. I was at that- the game. Juice, I was at the game. I would, again, I don't even remember what game I went to in 2009. Like, I just don't recall these things. The the, the mem doesn't 
doesn't click. Well, doesn't work. I like remember that. the painful, the painful ones. That's depressing. Yeah. Either way, interesting enough that it's uh, against the Sacramento Kings when they set a new franchise record for three point shots made in a game. <sighs> What else did I want to mention tonight? You had talked about, we were talking about three. We talked about Keegan, Malik, De'Aaron's a really rough night. I mean, go ahead. You can go, I well, we could go Duarte Herter. And the reason why we could go there, because on our pregame show, because, you know, it's sponsored and everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to do this like poll. And the poll was, who should be the shooting guard going forward? Chris Duarte or Kevin Herter? And then and Malik drops 37 off the bench. Malik dropping 37 off the bench. Herter playing 18 minutes. Duarte starting and playing 10. Um, 0 for 3 from the field. Zero points. Three fouls. And I'm just like, I'm like, you listen to Mike Brown in the pregame. I'm sorry, before the game, talking about Someone asked him if Sasha Vazenkov was going to see any time or something. And he was like, Sasha could play tonight. You saw Chris Duarte not play. And then now he's a starter. Like every, every guy has like equal opportunity to get in, to get these minutes. And if they show something like it's going to change, it could change um, how I rotate guys and how I make my decisions. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean, that's fair. He's not lying about how he looks at his rotations. And you saw that again. Well, they combined, Herter and Duarte combined tonight to play 27 minutes, just under 28 minutes. Two points, 0 for 8 shooting, mm. 0 for 5 from 3 with 3 turnovers. Seven rebounds for Herter, though. I did notice Herter tonight was competing much more defensively. The uh -huh. one play I remember, he had a nice defensive play. Uh, there was just so, I felt so bad for him a couple of times. He had a nice defensive play, and then he came down and took a transition three that Malik Monk, I think, wanted to kill him. Because Ma Malik Monk's wide open, like jumping up and down, and Herter is just launching hand. like... He felt he, like he, he needed it. He wanted that yeah, so... Yeah, I, I know. I think he needed that. And then he had another play where he had the steal, and he was taking it to the rack, and you think, oh, I got an easy jam. And he got absolutely rejected by Queen. And it was great defense. It was a great defense. Great defense. Like, there's nothing he could have done, except I think there was a player trailing him, a teammate. It might have been Malik. But um, there was someone trailing him that he could have dished it off to. But I don't blame him for being like, no, I got this. Yeah, there were some frustrating moments. But, you know, those seven rebounds alone, it's I saw him competing. Yeah, and he's just... In such an offensive rut right now, mm -hmm. it is. Uh, we've talked about a lot. I'm just stunned. I'm stunned that the drop off has been like this because it's not like he's 32 and it's like, oh, maybe he's he's done now. You know, oh, his game's fading. It's like this guy's in the prime of his career. He's shown he could be a good three point shooter. He's shown he could be a good playmaker. Like I've I've seen it not just last year but in his career and. I feel like he's got very little confidence right now. And it's it's a tough game. You know, we talk about the mental side. So we don't actually talk about the mental side enough. I mean, I think we do, yeah. us. But the mental side of sports, dude, it's a challenge. I, when you're struggling, you got to find a way to get out of it. And what can you do? You need help from your teammates. You need help from your coaches. And the one area I've been a little critical with Mike Brown this year has just been, you know, he – 
I feel like he's been a little more rigid this year. Mm -hmm. And I think he is feeling the pressure of like wanting to take this team to the next level or some of his, he's much more quick to take a guy out and put him on the bench. Like almost like playoff level type things Mm -hmm. where in the playoffs you go, Hey, we got to, it's got to be we tight. The, we got to tighten the rotation. <laughs> if mistakes, are, we're, we're trying to win these games, right? And <sighs> this happened the regular season. So a guy like Herter, who like I think his confidence is shook. I think his confidence maybe got shook during training camp when it was mentioned that Duarte could yeah. potentially start, yep. and then he started the preseason game. And it's that's a challenge, you know. And Joseph says, guys, it's more than a rut. He hasn't been good for any length of time since last March. And I mean, th- there's. There's truth to that, but at the same time, there have there has been more moments for him. And if you look at his entire career, I was talking to Deuce a little bit about this. I said there was times in Atlanta where things were down, and they're down for too many games. And I don't know as a play, especially because we look at track record and we look at how he has gotten out of these ruts and how. When the Kings traded for him, it was like, steal, baby, steal. And then he proved to be, there was truth to that as well. That's where I just go, it's still there. I'm not I'm not one to just be like, no, nah, this is who he is. So I was just looking up the definition of rut too, because I, I, I didn't know rut had like a time frame. A rut, I think that's an appropriate description of it. He's in a major rut right now. Yeah. Oh, because he was saying it's not a rut. No, it's, I mean, it's, it's a rut. Whatever you want to call I it. I love that you looked up the definition just to be like, Son no, I'm bitch. pretty sure rut is the, yeah. And and I think, too, sometimes you say we don't talk about the mental side of things and how that can affect people. It's um, It affects more than others. Uh, when De'Aaron Fox the other night, after the Hornets lost, was like, Hey, my mentality is when I leave this arena, it's on to the next. And although it sounds easy to get there, it's not. It's not. And if you're someone that will just be like, you just got to figure it out. You just got to figure out. I've said that at times. I've definitely have said that. Like, hey, you just got to figure it out and understand the personnel of your coaching staff. Like, if they're giving you a short leash, then you got to figure it out. It doesn't make it any easier. And there's people who won't be able to figure it out or that style of communication or expectations just won't work with certain players and people in Um, sports and in other jobs. I've said before, I'm big on track record. He's had a track record of being a really good three-point shooter in this league and a good player. He's not playing it like like it right now. And I still believe he can turn it around and whether it's here or somewhere else. You know, a great example that I think someone mentioned in the chat, they brought up this name, and I was thinking about this the other night. Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson is having an amazing career resurgence this year. This is a guy that came out of nowhere. Remember, he's like a D3 guy, goes to Michigan, and then he goes to the G League, gets an opportunity, finally gets picked up in Miami. They give him a big deal, and after he gets his contract, oh I believe it was like God. five years, $90 million, just wasn't the same they're attacking him defensively he's not making his shots his confidence is yeah, down it was bad like, what happened to that guy who like came here sharp shooter and then late last year he started to get more opportunity mm-hmm. right right now this year because hero is hurt right and so he got the opportunity with hero out they go to him a little bit and you, you saw the flashes of 
That's the guy that yep. earned the contract. That's the guy that fought for an NBA deal and got there. And now this year, he's more efficient than ever. He's career highs across the board. And so, you know, I, I think sometimes we're so quick to bury guys. Oh, when, and, and it's like, dude, this is not... It's fine if this if that's how you want to run your fantasy basketball team. You're like, hey, Kevin Hur is not cutting it for me. I'm cutting him, not playing him. But that's not how you should run an NBA team. You got to find ways to get him going. And my mission, if I'm with the, within the Kings, is what can I do to get this guy's confidence back up and get the most out of him because he is a better player than how he is playing right now. I know, Malik Monk needs to sell him a jar of confidence. Uh, that's one that's million dollars. That's expensive. <laughs> it's true that I mean, not that obviously, literally, but it's it's true. Like, how can he work on finding that confidence? I don't. I don't know. I haven't even found how how to find that type of confidence. Not playing professional basketball. I could tell you some of mine. Oh. I'm very similar to I'll Malik t- Monk. Like $5, no. They, they do call me the Malik Monk of podcasters. No, you call yourself the Malik Monk of podcasters. The chat, I, I read like four of them just a few minutes ago. You're, so, you're just like Malik Deuce. Just wait, they're coming in. You probably have to screw up. There's just so many. I'd pay, you, I'd pay $5 for a jar of Deuce Confidence. Because I feel like it would lo- it would just be like a quick whiff. Like you smell it and you're like confident for five minutes. What, but here's the only problem though. What? If sometimes I need my confidence filled back up, I need a little affirmation, you know? Oh my God. When I get a little touch of affirmation. No, but Deuce begs for (laughs) affirmations and like, he just wants to be validated. Yeah. See, drunk on the great. We all call Deuce that. Did you know that Malik (laughs) means Deuce? (laughs) Oh, oops. Well, I keep hitting the thing and it just plays automatically. I hit the table and it just plays. My bad. Knock it off. Do you need validation now? You okay? Yeah. yeah. Affirmation. Um, okay. So we've hit a lot. We need to get to our rock and soul player of the game. Oh. Oh, well, I already know who it is. Well, tonight I gotta give some love to a guy who stepped up. Harrison Barnes tonight. Harrison Barnes, a rock and soul. Pl- I'm just kidding. Harrison was good, but it's Malik Monk. Hey. 37 points, nine assists, and he probably had a, more assists on the table, according to him, if Sabonis <laughs> didn't miss some bunnies. He was 12 of 20 shooting. He was 7 of 13 from three. Malik Monk, our rock and soul player of the game yet again. Oh, I love it. He deserves it. I mean, like we said, the he energy. There's some rock and soul diner, Morgan, at 10th and S in Sacramento. Oh, everyone deserves that. And because there's lots of fun deals on Friday and Saturday nights. Oh, so starting this Friday, after the game, after the game, go to Rock and Soul and you can get 50% off your entire bill. So Friday and Saturday nights, go to Rock and Soul for 50% off your entire bill after Kings games. Those are after Kings game nights. Um, but otherwise, if you just go during an away game or just a game, you can get 50% off appetizers and drinks all throughout the game. Get me an Eggs Benedict at 7 p.m. That's a win. Oh, breakfast all day yeah. if you're wondering I'm big on why that. you're saying that. Yeah. Yeah, support a local spot, Rock and Soul. 10th and S, just six blocks away from Golden One mm-hmm. Center. 
We also have a Sharif Mitt Jewelers moment of the game we have to get to. What? I love that this has evolved from post-it notes. Where are my post-it notes? I don't know where my post-it notes There's are. There's like mini post-it notes in there. The moment jar has been filled up otherwise. It's fine. No, it's fine. I like that. It looks full. God, you are like so chaotic over there. I am chaotic right now because um, I feel like my... I love double overtime games, like from an entertainment standpoint, but from when you're trying to like <sighs> repackage, like in my head. Yep. Morgan knows my pet peeve with the podcast. Oh, is yes. We finished a podcast and I go, Morgan, I cannot believe I did not mention this. Mm-hmm. You know, and it irritates me so much. And that's why I try to take good notes, but then you forget one thing. Like, for example, uh oh, second quarter. <laughs> No, the second quarter so gets lost ago. in a game like this. Sacramento scored 40 points. The most impressive thing they did in that second quarter that was so fun to watch. Oh, I know. 17 fast break points. Yeah. Good job. 17 fast break points. Wow, that's crazy. I love that. You know what's really it. insane? The Kings had 19 fast oh. break points at the half. Yeah. They finished with 19. God, Orlando, man. They just, they here's something we didn't mention. What? How about, here we go. 121, 118 okay. after a three okay. by Orlando. Now I'm going to do it. It was a Bancaro three. Then the Kings, they can't get anything. Orlando's just rotating perfectly. The Kings can't create. Balls loose, whatever. Harrison Barnes takes that bullshit one-legged oh, three yes. ball. End yes. of shock. Look at it goes Bank. in. Boom. 121, 121. Couldn't make a, like, it was a corner three of possession or two ago. But then was like, no, no, no. This is the type of three where I'm just all in one motion. Beautiful. Way to bail them out. Just great job by Harrison Barnes in that moment. Huge three. Huge three. Love seeing that. Yep. Um, We got more of the podcast coming up. We got to get to the moment of the game. We got to talk more about this game. The Kings finally have one day off, but they're right back at it. Uh, coming up on Friday against Toronto. Mm. A new look Toronto Raptors That team just with beat the Grizzlies. RJ Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly. Both. Well, Scotty Barnes is a stud. Quickly had a good game tonight, and um, Scotty Barnes is definitely a stud. That's going to be a tough game. Uh, but we need to mention that we're presented by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors. Oh, good, good. Almost their jingle. Um, they're amazing. And, you know, I think when you really look at your home and you go, why am I so cold? Or in the summer, why is it so hot? It's probably your windows. I remember for so long, I thought it was something different at my home. And then finally I was talking to Northwest Exteriors and they're like, hey, you want a free quote? And I said, hey, yes, I do. Turns out it can change your entire life, your energy bill, your aesthetics of your home and everything. Have you talked to Duke the dog that's on the commercials? Well, Duke did tell me. Simply the best. Trust Northwest. That's all he says. That's all he says. So I'm like, okay, so, right, so I'm going to do you it. You go up to Duke and you're like, hey, Duke, how you doing? Yeah. Hey, Duke. Uh, do you want a treat? No, no, I don't oh. say that. I go, I go. so like, why should I get a Northwest You saw Duke windows? for the first time. You didn't even know what he sounded like. I did oh. because he's been on a commercial. Okay. I'm like, hey, famous Duke. Oh, my God. Love your work on the commercials. Um, Why should I get Northwest Exteriors windows? Simply the best. Trust Northwest. I want to voice that dog. That's it's very similar. Anyway, this podcast presented by Northwest Exteriors. You need new windows. You need sliding. Go to their showroom in Rancho Cordova. They're big Kings fans. They support us. They do great work. It's a no-brainer. Northwestexteriors.com because they are 
Simply the best. Trust Northwest. They do windows and siding. You can save money too when they've got a talking dog. He simply says one thing or a couple words. All he does is say, Simply the best, trust Northwest! Simply the best, trust Northwest! You know what? I would pay $10 for your jar of confidence because the way that you sing is awful, but it is absolutely amazing because you always commit. Always commit. Well done. Look, man, when you're a star, you're a star. $15. <laughs> moment of the game buddy uh, good luck i don't know <laughs> you tell me what the moment of the okay, game was in okay. the chat i would greatly appreciate what you guys think is the moment from tonight's game i mean I, that barnes three was pretty crazy the barnes three is a good one because that tied at 121 um the barnes running three um i loved the moment that Sabonis was staying with Bancaro shot clock violation. And he's all fired up. And he huh? pumped, yeah, he bumped his chest. But Bancaro fell asleep. What was he doing? He was like, he didn't know the shot clock was winding down. Loved it. I know. What was he doing? I was doing? like, I have a brain fart. Um, Monk to Sabonis in the lanes to Scotty C. That was a sweet play. Okay. That was really good. I mean, Monk's threes alone. There, there was a lot. Of, you know what's funny? I was thinking about this. If the Kings lost this game, I would still have a lot of positive things. <laughs> I would. I would. But I would I would have been like, I would have been more worried about this team and being like, okay, they can't find a way to get a win and battle through, but Orlando could. But I just still felt like there were so many good things about this game. And so I'm glad we get to talk about them after a W. It was a big W tonight. And it, it's one of those that you... You just hope that they can get some momentum going because I think we're all still kind of waiting for them to like break out and like just have a consistent, you know, game. Like runs happen, you know. I mean, come on, they're runs. But yeah. when you're at home, especially, you just don't want these lulls in a season. And I was on pregame tonight and I was talking to you guys about this. I'm like, during an 82-game season, you're just going to have moments where you're not your best. We During an 82-game season, we're going to have a bad podcast. Mm -hmm. We had a really bad one about a week and a half ago. Oh, my God. But that it was, was one like... of the worst podcasts we've ever done. And I, it sticks with, for me, it sticks with you. But you know what you do? You move on. You go, it's 182. It's 182 plus during a season. And for the Kings, they just can't have these mo like you can have games where you're off and miss shots, but then you have to have like put together a yeah. lot of good. You have to put good basketball together yep. in clumps. You can't have Charlotte games. And, you know, but, you can't like tonight. You you shouldn't be losing. A, you know, a sixteen point lead at home to a shorthanded team. I don't care how they can be. Like you, you have to find ways to avoid that type of stuff, and that's why tonight's win was so big because you just escape and that's how i felt the other night i'm like i don't care that this is kind of weird tonight they're playing bad they're missing shots just win the game but how they execute the final yeah. 90 seconds was so bad and my whole point to this is i don't think they consciously go oh we could take it easy tonight charlotte's yeah. in town oh Vog hey wagner's out we're good guys let's just kind of coast here like that you're not thinking about that 
But I do think there are times throughout an NBA season, because it's so long, that you know you take your foot off the gas a little bit. You maybe go, we're at home, we're good. You rely on stuff. And this league is too good. The West is too good to throw away games. But weird shit happens. And tonight's a great example of that in the NBA. Tonight, Oklahoma City lost against Atlanta. A game after their biggest win of the season over Boston, where this morning everyone's talking about them being... Like, hey, they're championship contenders, blah, blah, blah. Not, I, I'm super high on OKC going forward. That sounds insane. But my point is, that's the NBA for you, yep. right? Like, you're not locked in defensively. A good team can beat you, a team that can... Uh, anybody can beat you in this league. Atlanta beat them tonight. That That's why, too, I Minnesota think... Minnesota got hammered at home tonight. It, it it happens so much. When you look around the league, it, this stuff, this type of stuff happens... A lot. I think because we saw such a solid, there was consistent solid basketball all of last year. Like almost all of last year, even in the losses, yeah. there was a lot of consistent basketball, good basketball. And I feel like this year, the strategy is to, for Mike Brown, is to challenge and throw so many different things at this team. So it doesn't matter if, hey, I don't care if they're a better basketball team right now. It's going to ultimately lead to success in the postseason. That's what I think the mindset is with sometimes when it's like they get away from the DHOs, for example. I'm like, the DHOs crush. Like, all these dribble handoffs, whether it makes Kevin Herter better or you have De'Aaron Fox, Keegan, whoever it is in the two-man game with this strong-ass DHO with Sabonis, I go, why are we going away from it? But I also understand it because I think the strategy sometimes too is like it right now as we're 33 games in, we got to make sure that we are capable of doing other things because the DHO was getting stopped in the postseason. I get that to a certain extent, but I also go, Hey, that was really successful last year. And not every team is going to approach it. Like it's the playoffs yeah. against you. Yeah. They're not all going to defend it like golden state. And they may not have the pieces to defend it either, so don't lose sight of that. And I think that's part of the disjointed offense uh, that we've seen sometimes. Sharif Jeweler's moment of the game. Mm-hmm. Kings win 138-135 double overtime. What's the moment? What's the moment when you, you close your eyes and you start thinking about this game that comes to mind when you think about this game? I just imagine Malik Monk knocking down some big I think it's just Malik Monk. Malik Uh, Monk, 37 points, nine assists tonight, and just big plays down the stretch. I agree. You need big plays. He was there. He had big plays for you, you, you. The Kings next game will be Friday night against the Raptors. Morgan, real fast, do you think the Kings practice tomorrow? There's no way they practice after a double. They shouldn't game. be practicing. <laughs> back to back. Yeah, they're not no, practicing. No, no. They're not practicing. Um, yeah. Good win tonight. Good win tonight. You some nights you have to find a way. I my final thoughts. I'll go first tonight. Please. My final thoughts of this one. They needed a win no matter what. Mm-hmm. I don't care the circumstances. And what I did appreciate tonight was the compete level. Yes. I appreciate the fact that they lifted up De'Aaron Fox. I think so many times this year we've seen situations with the Kings in which they rely so much on Fox that you wondered, 
all right, what's going to happen when Fox has a bad night? And tonight, Keegan stepped up after mm-hmm. having a stretch of games that weren't good. Yeah. Right? And then you had Harrison have some nice moments. Trey Lyles with some good moments. Malik Monk, Sabonis. And that's what teams do. You, you're not going to be good every night. Even your best guys. And that's why you have a team. You you hope that you guys could rise up and make up for it. And that was it was big time shit. I appreciate it. And I appreciated the Orlando Magic fighting their ass off. That's a good team. Jamal Mosley deserves a lot of credit for having those guys prepared, ready, no matter the circumstances. That team's grinding right now. They're 19 and 15. They're better than that 19 and 15 record. They're going through it injury-wise and a tough schedule. I like that team. That's the type of basketball game I really enjoy watching. And both teams, like you said, battled it out, gave us a performance that was just so enjoyable to watch. Sure, everyone's going, wait, when they had the Kings have the 16-point lead, don't you want it to stay there? That's just not how it's always going to work in this league. And that's not how it's always going to work against a good, scrappy, tough team. Good. Like the Orlando Magic. The only reason I was doing this is because someone said that Orlando the Twitch Magic. stream. The only reason I was doing this is because someone said that the Orlando Twitch Magic. stream. The Twitch stream is working. It's YouTube. YouTube's having issues. Oh, so do we? Do we need to fight YouTube? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get final thoughts. YouTube, you're dead. You are dead to us. I <laughs> uh, appreciate everyone on the YouTube chat for staying patient during the weird. YouTube thing going on tonight with our stream. We'll get them. You guys are the absolute best. If there's anything we missed about tonight's game that you're going, how do you not mention this? Please mention the comments below. Post away, debate. We all chat there too. We love you guys so, 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 so much, but we gots to go. Thank you for joining us, for lasting through even some fun little voices. We appreciate you guys so, so much. Have a good night. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo. The podcast that you know. Deuce and mo. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.